2: weightloss I think you have to almost be, well, pretty crazy and unrealistic to even start a project like this.
1: Hi, I'm Eddie Moretti, and uh, welcome to uh, a new Vice podcast. I'm here with uh, Cody Wilson, who's the subject of one of our new documentaries, Click, Print, Gun.
2: Gun control for us is a fantasy <laughs> in a way that like people say, well, you're being unrealistic about printing a gun. I think it's more unrealistic now, especially going forward, to think you could ever control this technology.
1: We're going to talk about his interests and in pursuits and the documentary. It's taking off almost two million video views in like three or four days, uh, has 17,000 likes, 1400 dislikes, so that's a ratio of 10 to one. Now that, I don't know if people like the doc or they like you, but it's a high like to dislike ratio, um, and it's got about 15,000 comments, which is a lot of comments, so we're gonna get to some of those comments later. We were actually
2: just talking about it, like how do you feel that this is a YouTube hit? If it is, well, like and dislikes is an interesting measure of engagement, if that's yeah. the word we wanna use, so I, I don't know if it's about me, or. If, Even if they like the message or me, maybe it's just good entertainment. That's one of the things I worry about. It's just something that's interesting for like a week. Right, so you want
1: to make sure that your message gets through. It's, you know, a exotic subject and it's, you know, about guns, which is controversial. So there's entertainment factor there, but you're worried about a political message getting through or
2: No, I, I I think we've been pretty successful with that. I call it a mind virus. I think that's happening. I'm just saying when someone says, Oh, they like the documentary, no, not really. It's a it's a weak measure of But that's but that's what a lot of social media uses to measure they don't have too many dislike Sure. sure. We're in a better position than if everyone disliked it. Right. But that's, you use the word exotic. I I think it's where it is. It's a participatory exoticism or something. Oh, great. I can consume this interesting thing I'll never really participate in. Right. Not to be. Like is a big umbrella to capture that that whatever
1: energy or sentiment or whatever. So, okay, just really briefly tell us where this started. I know in the documentary you say that you and your colleague. Um came up with the idea, but like what you know, there was an idea that preceded the eureka moment of let's print a gun part or a gun, right? Talk about the idea that preceded the Eureka moment and then talk about the eureka moment. it
2: It really was almost a seamless progression to this. Oh, wow, we could do it exactly this way. We imagined the way we've been doing it now on video and on online. So uh, Bendenio. Was talking about arms manufacturing a phone call with me one time. Why? Uh, See, he's, he's even more <laughs> waywardly eccentric than I am. And, uh, he's just, we're not afraid to, to do unintelligent things, but we're also not afraid to just do experimental things. Uh, I was doing law school, I was just wrapping up a super pack that I had experimented with for a little bit, an old 527. Just, yeah, long story, but. We were just looking for something to do. We believe in this post-political, trans-political moment. Engagement in standard politics is just a waste of time, so it, it happened in the course of really one phone call. So the let, let, one phone call, you, you, you basically said, wow, let's print a gun. It became practical. First it was practical. Oh, what about arms manufacture? Well, uh, everyone does arms manufacture, the market's saturated. Why would we want to do this? And he talked about alternative ways of making arms, and then, and then it proceeded to, well, have you heard of these 3D printers? And, and at that point, yeah, I'd heard of them, but in the ways other people had just... So the idea that preceded it was to disrupt, or what
1: did you call we, it, a post-political... What? Well, right, it, it, the idea was
2: for something ideologically important and significant, and we thought, wow, well, these 3D printers were hooked up to the Internet, and what if they could print not innocuous things, but relevant things? Yeah. And we immediately realized it. Well, can you print a gun? Not because oh, it would just be interesting to print a gun, but what would it mean to be able to print a gun and have that yeah, online? Yeah. Uh, very quickly, then we set to the research to figure out if it was possible physically. The
1: excitement to do something that disrupts um, is kind of everywhere in the documentary. Or you know, you talk about democratic consensus with a level of skepticism, contempt. Yeah, is, contempt. Is a better word. Um, you know, you you criticize this Fukuyamist idea. You call it yeah. the end of history. Yeah. You criticized neoliberalism. You call it ridiculous. There, there's no genuine politics left anymore that our politicians today are just trying to preserve the interests of a relatively autonomous group of bankers. Yeah. So what's the ultimate object of your scorn then? Is it the bankers at the end of the day?
2: No, there's no, there's no ultimate object of scorn. Uh, that, that's just um, a Baroque cynicism. Right. It's real large. Uh, no, there's no one target. And In fact, I don't believe in... So like Foucault's description of power is that power is actually diffused and all around us and anonymous. I don't believe that there's a like cabal to attack or a, a group of puppet masters, really. Yeah. I'm just, I was re-describing what I thought American politics actually was. But no, power is uh, a much bigger problem than, well, there's some bankers with a lot of money and they should really have it you know, put to them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a much bigger deal. So I'm interested in... Starting points for alternative strategies of opposition. If, if that's just discursive, fine. If it's material, fine. Uh, I want it all. And um, Bitcoin, printable guns, I want to be involved in all of this. And the ultimate
1: target then, or the ultimate critique, is a critique of power. Yeah, you could say it that way. Man, I, I hate to just... But it's pretty broad, right? Yeah. Like it loses all of its uh, content when you just
2: write yeah. it. So it's big. easier when you say bankers or global neoliberalism. Yeah, but, I mean, but again, it's just... You you name me a subject and I'll be critical of it. That's just how I am. So Yeah. I feel I don't want people to take away from I is mean is that I'm, is that
1: libertarianism
2: by the way? Because are you even so. called a libertarian or I've Yeah, I'm, I think I'm dispositionally a libertarian. Like my attitude towards civil liberties is mm-hmm. a libertarian one, but I don't I think, identify as a libertarian. Yeah. If that's the question. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah. that figured out. So <laughs> I, it's not like I would vote you know what I mean? I right. don't believe in this concept. And that never, the system isn't built to put Gary Johnson into right. office. But, I don't even accept that possibility. It's,
1: um, well go ahead. But I was going to say, um, it does it sound or it could sound like you, what you're really interested in is sort of disruption
2: itself as a as a way of life? That's, yeah sure. Broadly speaking. So like Nechev uh, talks about, well what's the revolutionary Ethic, what does it mean to? And I'm not just, I don't want to talk about the revolutionary imagination specifically, but yes, you have to be almost fanatically devoted to just a negative form of, of action to do something like this. And in fact, it would take on its own lifestyle. While I, I still believe in the quality of production, uh, private property, ideas like that. I believe yeah, in the mutual I mean, there's association. A one, one
1: you know, there's that shot when you're um, um, shitting on global neoliberalism here driving a BMW and you're talking exactly. about a reasonably expensive cell exactly. phone, so the explain that and then, then, like yeah. how you exist in a kind of structure and system that you're also
2: pulling from in order to disrupt, or is that like... I'm not sure it's that intentional, I'm, I'm happy to accept it, if, if it's perceived to be some kind of contradiction, fine, but I, I believe in markets and not capitalism with a C, if that makes sense. That car is not an expensive car. And the phone was an expensive phone. I believe that you should be able to buy things uh, without interruption or, or coercion or, or interference for governments right, and markets. Right. Um, and in fact, capitalism, to me, I accept the left definition of capitalism, which is a kind of state-propped institution of uh, more or less imperial tendencies and tends toward monopoly and, and plutocracy, and uh, I don't accept this social state of affairs. And you're
1: not happy with the progressivist uh, yeah, it's, it's, attempt to like, you know, blunt some of that imperialism or plutocracy.
2: That's just or, it. It's or do you it's, think it's only that nominally, it's only that spiritually. They think that's what they're doing. And that's what's so frustrating about progressivism. But aren't progressivism. they doing it a little bit? No, like no, no, isn't no, Obama all, no. incrementally better no, than Mitt Romney? Not at all. No, not in the least. In fact, progressivism has cast its lot with the fate of capitalism. What is the True. progressivist idea now that we can share the fruits of, of capitalism? It's not even reformist. To a major degree you get some people saying oh let's do away with personative corporations well that's that's desperate but they really believe that well we can actually make capitalism better and work for us all isn't like a european liberal kind of notion of
1: social kind of democracy uh, i'm not where sure. everyone basically the american progressivist agenda wants everyone to have a really good paying middle class job it's middle
2: class body and spirit and that's its problem. It doesn't have a revolutionary goal. It doesn't have historical perspective. Yeah. It does nothing but apologize for monopoly capitalism and enable it. Right. So you get things, um, any, any political or policy solution you get right now actually encourages market stratification. And uh, They don't but, know what they're doing. Yeah. But and they want to be judged by their intentions. And that's lazy. And it's yeah. moralistic. And I, and I hate their interference in what would otherwise be an equitable outcome. What's wrong with the fact that
1: American liberals want everyone to have a good middle-class wage. Why does everyone need to have a revolutionary uh, program? It's not that you,
2: that you need one, but that we believe in fundamental inequalities that are built into this system. In fact, that the, what we live in is a totally unjust one, and that it doesn't matter that, uh, to say, like, well, this is the best of all possible worlds, and aren't you happy with your BMW, and aren't you happy with your phone? This is a way of apologizing for vast evil. If we can use that word, or vast injustices, mm-hmm. I believe in social equality. I don't believe that, for some reason or status or otherwise, mm-hmm. that you should have some hierarchy or, or some but power over me. You criticize
1: ideas about a better future. You criti- criticize that the notion of like something that is whole and good and like an endpoint to history, but like. Uh, if you're, if you believe in like radical equality, um, social equality, isn't that a kind of vision of an
2: endpoint to history that is whole and good? And- no, not at all. And in fact, so particularly, you might, I'm sure, you could, you could see it. It's a critique of this Hegelian sense well, it's all synthesis, gonna, it's all just gonna work out, yeah. you know, and the surface synthesis of of all things. People are deeply committed to that, um, even. Even Marxism is, is in that same frame of mind. I'm not, I'm not driving for a result, but no, what I'm trying to say with that is everyone thinks, uh, so you have the difference of socialism from above and socialism from below. Everyone thinks they can use their institution, their state institution, mm-hmm. their legislative process to engineer, or one of the ways of, I have put it is counterfeit moral progress. By writing it down on paper or something, but that's the Constitution, and you cling to Second <laughs> oh, Amendment at all? Not at all.
1: That's what humans do, though, right? We engineer. They try to centralize power, yeah, or engineer, <laughs> a, 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 you know, uh, the world around them.
2: Sure, sure. And I, I'm saying you shouldn't be able to interfere with certain kinds of rights like property or, right. or really any, any kind of spontaneous action, free action, free association. And this is um, at least a symbolic way of demonstrating you're, you're not going to be able to control guns. What? I think it will apply to commerce as well with, yeah. with things like Bitcoin. And then once, once that dam is broken, we'll forget about it. Mm. Yeah,
1: and what you're adding to the idea of kind of free commerce is this, you know, very provocative instrument called a gun. Uh, doesn't that kind of change um, the, the, the terms of, the, of, of, of what you're proposing a little bit? Because are you, you know, the gun is essentially going to end up being used for things and not just become a symbol
2: yeah, it's 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 a real thing as well. That's what upsets a lot of people that we're not just willing to play a theory game, but we're actually willing to make right. this real. Yeah, of course I, I recognize it'll be used. I'm not sure if what the question that you're asking me is.
1: I mean, you know, it just becomes. It sounds like it's an act of revolution rather than, uh, you know, a just a disruption of a system of manufacturing.
2: Mm-hmm. I I don't believe I believe that this system is, is this
1: basically the question is is this your Revolutionary gesture.
2: No, no, no. So let's, let's separate it right now. I hate to, I hate to explain it so explicitly, but this system understands force. In fact, invites violence because it it, it can work on that plane. But once you move the struggle into the symbolic, from the physical to the physical, if you will, it can't, it can't answer, it can't respond in kind. In fact, if we were to just go out on the street, print some guns off and start shooting people, belt, it can handle that. But the idea, um, of putting this online and creating what we call a potentiality, where you, anyone, can be is now a suspect criminal. This is something the system can't handle because it has to know everything and see everything. I think it's a kind of overbidding that's so challenging. In fact, like to the point of maybe destruction. So,
1: so the the idea then the ambition is to have people and have the system respond to these threats in mechanically or otherwise through law or through. I'm, I'm eager to see what the response in, rather is rather than you'd like to see a million people, a million of your video viewers um, go out, print a gun, and then threaten uh, uh, like, you know, the National Guard or something. No, exactly,
2: I don't, I don't think it happens that way. It's, you're more interested it's in the a discursive like, reaction to what you're doing. I think that's really how, how you do it, and what, what do I mean by it? Like I, I think you expand free spheres of action by just changing, so Gustavo Landar said the state is a condition, just like a mode of behavior, how we behave with each other. We don't, if you don't use an intermediating institution, you've obviated the need for the state. So peer-to-peer currencies, I can just download a gun, print it online. It's teaching practical anarchism. It's not saying, print this out. Although I love scaring the Trini Proggies with the idea that anyone could print one out. But that's just, uh, like a bonus. That's not really my, I'm not a 3% patriot saying like, oh, it's time to print these out and get, get to town, you know. I think it's the best way to put it.
1: And what happens, or how would you feel, if um, the practice is adopted en masse and it becomes uh, potentially
2: a problem and people die? It's a fair question. I just don't know how realistic it is. One, because the capital is so, it's so first world, it's so impractical, it doesn't even yet create a reliable gun working on. It. Don't get me wrong. But uh, you can already go to Home Depot right now and make a Sten gun. Cheap, a good one, an SMG. It works. You know, spit out a ton of bullets. Why don't people do that right now? I, I think there's a precedent for Okay, forget about it being
1: adopted en masse. Let's say one person downloads your yeah. CAD file and it gets involved in a homicide of some sure. sort. I mean, just
2: hypothesize that effect on your yeah. program. I'm willing to give you the, the whole hypothetical. In fact, I, I expected at some point, yeah. I guess within my lifetime, if we were able to do it. And I wouldn't even suspect that it was staged. It's, it seems likely, you know, or perhaps increasingly likely. But again, I don't think that's a reason not to pursue it. In fact, one thing you accept if you, have this, if you adopt this position of negative liberty is that liberty can be abused. And maybe that sounds callous, but I accept that bad things can happen because you have freedom, because you have latitude. This is the nature of liberty. But we should do things about it after it happens. But that prescription is not a prohibition. These are not ways of handling social problems. Aren't certain prohibitions just sensible? I, I don't know, you know of I don't know like, of a good e- historical example, and in fact they're just, always enforced with monopoly powers, which again our as a whole another level of, of of problems. So give me a prohibition, we'll talk about. It. Uh, you know, not running a red light. I mean, that's a prohibition.
1: Is that, a, that 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 makes it's a prescription. That.
2: Well, it's not like a property, it's not like an expropriating prohibition where you can't possess or own or transfer this. You're, you're restricted from running a red light. Well, now you're just talking you're, about law generally. Well, isn't it good to have law? Yeah, yeah, I agree with the ideas, especially the ideas like natural rights or natural law or common law. These, these are things I'm sympathetic with. So when people get into conversations about anarchy, they go, well, you don't like law. No, it's not about, it's not, about not liking law. I believe in concepts like law and even punitive steps yeah, Kropotkin and a bunch of other people didn't believe in these things, but it's, it's a separate question. For me it's a question of state and not a question of government necessarily. Government will always be around, but does it have to be state government? Does it have to be monopoly power, monopoly of violence? You're looking towards some kind of model of diffused Yeah. Government power. You, you see what the Seasteaders are going to start doing soon. Who are they? Uh, Peter Thiel and Patrick Friedman started a, a research group about experiments in government. Taking to the high seas, getting on oil rigs and cruise ships and just new experiments and you can call it state founding, but mostly it's just experiments and in intentional communities. They they wanna just build their own communities and see what they can do, kind of like a bio shot. Oh, yeah, you know it's yeah, like yeah, this are yeah, yeah. gonna live on it's a gall yeah, kind of yeah. idea, but they're gonna try it and they've got enough money to do it and I think it's exciting going forward. There should be federalist experiments in free association and mutual cooperation. And it's like we're coming right back into the 19th century now where everyone was talking about this. I think there are macroeconomic trends. This mega state, the United States, is getting weaker. The West is collapsing in a glittering fashion. I love what happened in Cyprus. More to come every week, I'm sure crises all the time we're going to these states are simply going to have less power and it's going to be interesting to see the way they fragment and the way they begin to have to interact with populations which now hold more cards for themselves
1: what are the constituencies that might adopt these positions of power and if the if the united states if the west if these centralized governments start to fragment what right what could take this vacuum other than these kind of spontaneously beautiful anarchic conglomerates that you talk about. Yeah, I'm not like, saying they're going to be beautiful. There's gonna, it's going to be really ugly at first. Who, who else? Like, What
2: happens to you know, m- you know, know, big corporations, for instance? Where do they fit in? I, I hope very much that big corporations aren't as possible as they were now. I don't think you get an Apple computer, or even a Microsoft necessarily, when you don't have a strong state. Strong states seem to me to be the players that keep uh, market intru- uh, market entrants from mm-hmm. competing with now to bring back the 3D printing. Groups like 3D Systems or groups like Stratasys can be the bullies on the corner because they pretty much determine who they compete with and who they don't through these channels. And then there's regulatory capture of things like the FDA, people can't bring in drugs. And when you, dis- when you disintegrate the strong state, these corporations have to face a ton of external pressures and have to get lean mm. and start fighting again. So what happens if um, you know the
1: printable gun isn't um, disruptive to the system? What happens if yeah. it just eats it up and shuts you down, or figures out a way of like you know putting a some kind of
2: spider bug, whatever the fuck sure, it is? Sure, sure. Where do you go from there? <laughs> well, my actual conscience about it is divided. I don't, I don't know if it even is disruptive, as, as even an idea. Is it just? Why not? Is it just something to consume? Is it just a media event? Is it even? It, it seems that it, I think
1: I think people are engaging with this as a provocative idea. I don't yeah. think this is.
2: Yeah, I, you're right. A lot of a lot of people.
1: You know, it's connected with people. That's great, and, and you could say that was the highest goal. Anyway, hopefully, you know that what we're doing right now is a discussion, you
2: know, aimed at like the ideas and not just. the... I, I very rarely got to this point with, with an interview, so I'm, I'm happy that we're here now. But one of my big fears is that. People prefer the forms of soft domination, pleasurable domination, engendered in their culture, to real acts, real events. If that makes sense, why would you want to be reminded that you could print a gun out and actually change something out in the street? Why, that's that's an ugly kind of. It's almost a burlesque of of modernity. Uh, no, I prefer American Idol. I prefer watching Vice documentaries on YouTube. I like my standard of living. We're democracy's good, man. I like this. I think it will. It might be ignored. I don't. It's not necessarily that it would be uh, appreciated. But let's say it attracts attention of enough government
1: officials and, and authorities oh, yeah. and they, they deny you licensees, they seize things, they shut this down, they go on a, a real offense a, a uh, on the
2: internet to look for these files. And like, what, what happens then? That's like, two different things. I expect to be shut down at some point. Although, we, I mean, we're playing as smart as we can. But, I mean, I expect to be stopped, especially if it was to be disruptive. And so this might be one of the best pieces of evidence that it's not at all. The fact that I'm able to just keep doing this because they're not they're not worried about it in the least and don't feel the need to be. But it's another thing entirely to suggest that they might be able to filter things out through the Internet. I know that it's a big game. The Internet isn't exactly stacked in privacy's favor, uh, but it's it's quite an endeavor to try to purge the Internet of, of file. China does a
1: pretty decent job yeah, of purging yeah. the internet there, well, you know, but what's again, to say that that, that,
2: that that that's not the future of the internet e- everywhere. That's and a huge undertaking what China's doing, it's, it's so big and it's so, I think what's more realistic is what's happening in the Middle East where people just have to cut the cables, turn it off, Right. And, uh, it's a big undertaking, in fact, and we all know China's internet situation is really porous and, and getting better, if you know what to do, if you can use Tor, you can do other things, you can get through. In fact, there are free zones, and, and corruption works in your favor there for mm-hmm. liberty. So you can buy internet access mm-hmm. in China. So, I, again, I just don't think there's a total system that that would be able to succeed along the lines you're suggesting. Nick
1: built uh, from the New York Times said that there's an element of self aggrandizement here, yeah. that you're looking for attention. Do you want to respond to him?
2: I, so there's two things I see there. There's the actual the literal criticism, and then for me it seems to be a, like a dismissal. I and mean, it's also bundled up with this idea that well he's young, he wants attention, he'll come around to state power eventually. Don't worry about it. You know, we all we're all there. I, I felt like that was a pretty heavy dismissal of, of the ideas. But then too I'll I'll go I'll go with a question about self-aggrandizement. I think you have to almost be well pretty crazy and unrealistic to even start a project like this. So I recognize that. I mean, believe me, we had this ambition from the beginning. How crazy do you think you have to be, to, or how crazy do you have to be, to think you could come this far with this project? Just think, just sitting in your apartment, yeah, you know what, I think we could piss off the world. That takes a, a bit of ambition, and it has to be unrealistic, I think. So yeah, it's impossible to look, extract this from my personality, but it's not just a vehicle for me. I don't think it's just a, a chariot, and I'm not just like waving, you know, <laughs> I was going to... I'm trying not to cuss in the interviews. <laughs> <You> <laughs> swear a little bit here, <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, I, so I'm willing. i to see some ground there. Sure. How can you? Yeah, there's like a hypomanic kind of personality. What we're doing, and I mean, it's driven by what I'm. My personality. But go ahead. Part of you know success, in
1: some way, has to be measured by how popular this idea, not this media event or this video, but how popular your three D printing concept is, right? I mean, so if for you to want to attract attention to yourself is kind of, you know, part of the program, right? Well, if you're not attracting attention to yourself, how's this yeah. just like a tree falling in the forest? Who cares, there's, well, right. an, a, a, there's a CAD file on the internet.
2: We've seen the dull and unimaginative ways that other 3D printing projects have tried to attract attention and, and I'm not criticizing their software or their, their model. They just don't have the vision of it that we do, and it's we have a purposely challenging one, and it's not strictly for attention, but I recognize, especially during the gun debate after Sandy Hook, if we brought it as more aggressive, and more challenging, that it would be what we want it to be, and I, I think it worked. When I said something like, how's that national conversation going? I mean, that's critical on three fucking levels, man. It's, it works. Yeah. And people he, can say, well, he's an asshole, but it worked.
1: You seem to like kind of taunt
2: uh, yeah. the People like Joe Biden. Yeah, I think we should have nothing but like limitless contempt for people like that. Really? Yeah, I think these are these are criminals. Joe Biden is yeah, a criminal. Definitely. dangerous people. Why? Shouldn't be given power Why? at all. But what, Boy, what I mean, he's, he's defend- clearly like a functional idiot. Like he shouldn't be given power at all. He at least a standard deviation like below our IQ. I mean. Why should, I, why should it matter to me what he does, and yet I have to fear his decisions, and he's gonna helm some group, telling me what my like, civil liberties are going to be, or his suggestion, um, this, is, this is like a soft form of autocracy, man, I, I don't appreciate it at all.
1: But well, what do I, I don't understand is your analogy between like a 30 round clip, and you, know, you say there's no difference, or you answer the question, why do I need a 30 round clip, with um, you know, another question which is why do you need two houses or why does anyone need to make more than $400,000? Yep. I don't totally
2: get the comparison—it's—it's not right? the—it's it's not the best way to answer that question. But I was trying to make it more about property specifically, and that there seem to be always at the margin these excuses to expropriate us or to invade in our property rights mm. for some reason or, or another to prevent mm. victimization, harassment, right. excess. These are the only things that legislation even serves to do anymore. Well, don't hurt yourself, or well, don't hurt other people. Right. Uh, this is dull and dim, um, but I know it's not the best way to answer the gun question specifically. But at the end of the day, a thirty-round clip. Thirty-round magazine. People hate it when I say the word clip. Sorry. Thirty-round magazine. Is, I, I trip up with it too. It's just a piece of property.
1: Right. I mean, a lot of people would say that like, you have to be sensitive to the effects of that piece of property.
2: No, it's it, not just a magazine. It's. I don't think objects have potentialities. That's metaphysics. That's uh, uninteresting to me. But how can property? An but, excuse. Yeah, but how could property rights be an absolute? I, I don't understand that. N- not that. Not that they're like absolutely inviolable, but that there should be a presumption you should own anything until you demonstrate yourself to be an articulable threat, an imminent harm, or some kind of grand danger. to uh, This is how constitutional jurisprudence works right now. If we want to bring it back to, oh, well, we live in a country of laws, Cody this is how infringing on your freedom works for everything except the Second Amendment. You have a presumed right to free speech yeah. and you can abuse it, and not until you're really, really abusing it can a court come in and stop you. Yeah. That should be how it works with the Second Amendment and something like a 30-round magazine. Mm-hmm. In fact, why not? The Second Amendment's right after the first one. But, but even just the idea of an amendment presupposes
1: that, yeah, we are going to create a body of you know, law and then we're going to periodically modify that law to oh, restrict or improve on human behavior. I mean, that not that just, where I'm getting to a yeah, little bit is yeah. that I think, I feel like a lot of your discourse operates in absolutes. Like you talk a lot about us being, humans being like radically free. We're so free, we have this uh, capability for spontaneous freedom and stuff. And you talk about property rights as being natural, almost akin to natural rights. Mm. And that everything that we layer on top of that as a culture is just meant to restrict all of that beautiful, wonderful freedom. But do we really live in that kind of state of freedom to begin with?
2: I don't think we actually exist in a state of total radical freedom. That's not where I begin it but some i say of the language sounds in, like in the, in the documentary i say like, so this is a critique of the one of the ideological mechanisms i see in society that oh my god you could be you could do anything you're so free we should stop you from being able to do things that's the the impulse right. that's expressed legislatively that, oh, I, I worry that you could, like this ring, you could punch someone in the face of that ring. Why should you be able to wear this ring? Yeah. I'm not
1: trying to be ridiculous. And there's a point at which this ring probably would be considered a weapon.
2: Well, uh, sure. I'm, but just to give you an example, that what, what happens, right? Media is the, the birth of all regulation now. So something happens in the media, and these politicians with their self-interest and their political incentive decide, oh, God, it would be terrible if... X was to happen again, let's make a law about it. That's just how politics works now. Because you could do something, it, you should be stopped. Right. And where does this end? It has no logical end. It's just circling a drain in my mind. So I don't, I don't, I'm not think, I don't think we're completely connecting with uh, absolutes, absolutes. I'm not completely there. No. How many people are there like you out there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, how, like how many? Like, you know, well, what's your what's the community that you're really speaking to? Because it's obviously way beyond the the maker bot community, and like you know what what people in three D printing are doing, and it's also way outside of the gun debate itself. Mm-hmm. So describe your community to the rest of uh, in
2: America, to the rest of. I'm not us. sure. I'm not sure it's a community. We uh, we and you know, I say we quite a bit, but also me. Uh, we wanted to occupy a position at the outer at the outer bound of something to where when once people especially the makers a lot of our criticism is reserved for the makers i'm going to get to them in a second once once they got lazy we wanted to be in a position to say no you're forgetting what this is about go back um Mm -hmm. and we we snuck in and got that position for now at least and Mm -hmm. so it's a one it's a disciplinary punitive function if if you mess up we want to be there to to hold let's let's put it the way you put it a more absolute position a more disciplinary and enforcing kind of position, culturally or, or otherwise. Last night at the screening, you called Brie
1: Pettis from um, MakerBot. You called him. What did I call Something. <laughs> I don't know. I,
2: I, a I wrote down "traitor," but do you no, remember? No, I didn't call him a traitor, not a traitor, but no. like okay. Scratch, I think I said uh, something. We you, we don't need friends like that. Okay, because so, someone did, said, well, so he's sympathetic, guys." So what? Explain, explain the, your, uh, I've, your. I've heard he's actually sympathetic to what we're doing, and Bree's done great things. It's so sometimes I do feel a little sorry for the criticism that we've we've trotted out against him, but because he's given so many people access to three D printers and three D printing, um, obviously he's a force for good in this community, but by trying to have it both ways and acting like nothing had happened when he pulled down the gun files and refusing to speak about it and a lot of documentary crews had come through before and after the vice crew, always telling me Bree didn't want to talk about it, Bree had nothing to say, Bree would divert. I just thought, well, man, it's terrible. He's letting this die and uh, he should be a force for openness and access. He's willing to get press on it. He's willing to let Forbes run pieces on how open and accessible his community is. So I thought, yeah, it was just disingenuous, and in fact worked against the principles of open source and, and this quote-unquote revolution. So, well, we wanted to give it back. Mm. In the
1: documentary, you talk about taking the Second Amendment argument all the way. Mm-hmm. What is all the way, and how how does that compare to the way you know um, the NRA? or even the Tea Party want to you know, interpret the Second in that Amendment.
2: The NRA isn't a good example. In fact, they are forced, you're going to think I'm ridiculous to say this, they're forced for gun control, they're forced for registration. How? They introduced and helped pass the 1968 Gun Control Act. It was a form of domestic protection of industry. Right. They're for industry and capital. They're not for liberalization of access and absolute property rights like we talked about earlier. That's not what they are. They're a pro-capitalist lobby. They want to protect domestic gun manufacturing in the United States, first and foremost. Yes, right. they have which probably. is what they're doing right now, is... Oh, that's just who they are. When it comes down to, well, they have no position on me. right? It's smart for them not to, but when it actually comes to proliferation of guns, oh well, forget about it. You know, wipe their hands. And I don't want to pick a fight where one isn't necessary. They've done nothing to besmirch uh, the project or, or anything, but I just want to say they're not an equivalent to even the Tea Party and the Tea Party certainly isn't equivalent to us, when we say all the way, we say, well, there's a structural implication um, by the Bill of Rights. And you were saying, well, it's about, it's an amendment process, so, so it suggests something like, well, we can restrict liberties. Well, no, when I read what the Constitution was about, just at it's structure, it seems the amendments were added on in this federalist anti-federalist debate as a way of demonstrating a limitation on governmental powers. So we would amend to continue to limit government powers, at least that's the implication there. So when I take the Second Amendment all the way, like I say, I see it as a a complete limitation on congressional authority. Read the Constitution and show me anywhere in there that that Congress has the power to take a battle rifle away from me? Don't tell me, or don't ask me to justify why I need one. Show me where Congress has the power to take it away from me. That's the way I read the Constitution. Sure, but but again, the, it's iterative, right? It can be amended again.
1: It was amended yeah, yeah. to prohibit um, the, the ownership of slaves, which was a you know,
2: piece of, of property. Course. It can be. Amended again, and yeah, I'm not well, saying you can't. I'm yeah. just saying look look at how the, it's an, there are processes of constitutional decision making. Oh, this sucks. I've been in law school too long, but so <laughs> there there are ways of looking at the document and reading it mm-hmm. beyond just literalism and textualism, like the Tea Party might say, mm-hmm. that suggests how the law should be looked at. So in in the, their context, the Bill of Rights suggests limitations specifically on government and Congress well, before limitations on individual liberties. That's right. just why they were added. Right. What do you think of the Tea Party? I'm sympathetic, but it's like a lightning rod and one of the, what's the most social or historical function of a mob of people to demonstrate force. But what does the Tea Party do? It's not threatening. It's it's it's, uh, it's part of the system. The Tea Party cleans up after itself, after it has a big rally. They are demonstrating mass docility, if that makes sense. And I hate to sell it the Tea Party. Not that they'd be listening to a Vice podcast, but... You never know. <laughs> I'm sure that there's plenty of sympathetic people all over. The thing for me is that the Tea Party is totally, totally complicit and docile and loyal to this order. And in fact, just feels a little bit betrayed. And then it was co-opted by people like Sarah Palin and Glenn Beck. And so it wasn't a socially useful movement. Occupy had the same problem, but maybe in reverse. Occupy demonstrated that it could be, that it had force and it could do destruction of property, but it had no ideas. There was no content. And in the end, it just asked for more entitled nanny statism. So neither, neither have relevant ideas. Uh, but both are expressing frustration and I sympathize you went on the uh, Glenn Beck show? Yeah. What was that like what happened on Glenn Beck? Interesting, so I still didn't know how I felt about Glenn Beck at the time I don't think I've made a call even now. I just watched him when he did his first segment He's such a showman. I mean, he's just he's a good performer. Uh, maybe you've seen him and maybe you know him uh, He's just <laughs> no, it's interesting to watch him. Um, you know, Does he believe it? Does he not? What's the deal? And he's, especially in some from the South, and you just hear more about the Tea Party and these things down here, he kind of took his own wing of the Tea Party with him. And it became this, it, it moved from its libertarian roots to this, let's bring the culture wars back, evangelical, Christian overtones, and he just took his own Christian wing of the Tea Party with him to, to the internet. Now they have their own show. So I was just trying to absorb as much of it as possible. I watched him. And then we engaged, kind of like you and I engaged. Right. But I felt, the whole time I felt like he was not just ambivalent about what I was doing, but in the end wanted to find a way to explain it away to his audience. So I felt actually in real danger when I was interviewing with him. I, I, I just pick up... Why? Because he wanted to put 3D gun printing in some kind of yeah, box? I worried he was going to explain it away as as leftism or, or art, like something... To do with Occupy Wall Street, and then turn his audience off of it. And I know that we need conservatives to support this. It's the NRA, Second Amendment conservatives that give us the most money. Or uh, well, it's just how true. do you know? Well, and how do you emails, accept donations? Like PayPal, that- PayPal, PayPal. We get a lot of ad revenue now, so it's not like we're totally in need of donations. But the people that mail me and then say that they donated, they tell me about themselves. Oh, I'm a veteran. You know, I'm from this state. A lot of Florida, Texas, all the South. And I mean, I've had uh, major donors from. Overseas totally break this this stereotype, but it just seems by and large most of the donors are red state conservatives Last night you talked about like
1: wanting to build a software business. What's your future look like? Um, I don't know. I'm
2: playing a very I don't I don't plan so I, I Wish that this Defcad search engine we do will be successful But we've taken such a hard line and are willing to play games with copyright that I think it'll be difficult to attract VC and and play a traditional game. Not that I'm willing to do that. It's just that's one way to win. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So uh, maybe maybe you get bought by somebody. But that, again, that's not the strategy. Do I want? Do I want to be a CEO and have some nice standard of living? Man, I don't think so. I really want. Would like to do something. And I don't think physical piracy will be as important as music piracy was. One because this is just a global culture of consumers, not producers. Uh, but man, it would be great if uh, if we could become a pier of, of the Pirate Bay and that it would be essential for some people to, and a gun is a good way to demonstrate this, but people want access to certain objects and don't have them, mm. especially if they're a copyright. It'd be great to fly the black flag and run all over the earth and try to, <laughs> try to make sure that this site stays up. That'd be fun and, and fulfilling. I don't want to just
1: you know, sit on Fifth Avenue or whatever and rake in the money. So there's, um, what happens after, so you're in grad school right now. Yeah, law school. So what happens after law school then? I do you,
2: I may not even finish. Do you, know. do
1: you, do you, yeah, how does, where does academia fit into this for you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, I feel like I'm
2: contentious of academia, do you, but do, at the same have, time I'm a product
1: of it. Uh, do you have, like, uh,
2: critics uh, in school, where you go yeah, to school? I do, but the, my professors, especially at UT are all, they understand what's going on, and they think, in fact, it's a pretty well-engineered postmodern brouhaha, so they high fives, even if they disagree. That's just how academics are, those decadents. but. uh, (laughs) It's entertainment for them. (laughs) Exactly, they teach it in their classes a little. Uh, There's some Second Amendment scholars. Maybe they'll show this video. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) They'll fill up like 40 minutes of their lecture time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're jealous of their time, they wouldn't do this. Yeah. uh, The Second Second Amendment scholars, I've given some grief, like Sanford Levinson, I gave him some grief uh, in the beginning, but everyone's kind of come around. In fact, we have, we have some big names uh, in law that are willing to be consultants on some of the projects. Wow. Uh, that's cool. Who's
1: your biggest detractor then?
2: Mm,
1: who's I mean, like, like public critic? Yeah, your pu- biggest public critic.
2: Well, in terms of visibility, maybe someone like Steve Israel, but that's like, I need a better class of enemies, man. It's, this person is not to be taken seriously. And in fact, I think we're working together. It's like, well, he's, he hopes I succeed so it makes his career or something i I feel like we don't have a significant enemy yet, and in fact that's something to be cultivated or, or desired I mean, mm. we don't have that element mm. down yet. It would be great to have a, a nemesis of some kind mm. i don't know what it would be though. do you um you know obviously you're
1: uh
2: a fan of Julian assange or yeah, he's he's an important is guy. He a hero in, in some way? maybe not a hero, but I liked how his his politics changed maybe he wouldn't accept how I would say this, but one, I, he's in a total different class to me. I, don't, I would never want to be considered a peer, or that would be an insult to him, but he was more of a leftist before he started getting in trouble, after leaking these things, and then he started talking about the totalizing state and the need for... He came around after the, the state, the global states put pressure on him, and, I mean, he's in a fix now, but I really appreciate what he did. Just give
1: us um, um, a, a list of thinkers and 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 philosophers that have theorized this total state.
2: Oh, the total state? Mm, I'm thinking more of like just cultural figures who theorize the total state. So again, Mm -hmm. just with critical theory, I think it's more relevant to watch something like Blade Runner than to read Nietzsche, for example. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or like Adorno. Uh, Adorno's lazy, right? (laughs) And Marcuse is uh, depressed or something. So yeah, instead of reading One Dimensional Man, you should uh, watch Total Recall. Um, I mean these are these are useful in fact why why do schools reserve such pride of place for books? Why aren't why aren't T V shows more prominently put in libraries? I mean I I take more stock these days and what's happening right now in the culture. I was just talking about Carly Ray Jepsen's song the other day. I think it's important to criticize belief in society. It's another conversation, but I mean I think you should look at what's happening now. You don't have to go back a hundred years to find relevant uh, people. So figures. give me your
1: uh, one-minute um, film review of Zero Dark Thirty, then. I haven't seen it. I didn't oh watch shit. it. Like you. Because once people start, people once people watch. started
2: talking about the the torture, I was like, I'll, I'll you know I'll pass. Not because it just became controversial. Why I'm don't sure, we should yeah. do like a film show with you?
1: That'd be amazing. Just do like you come in and give us your. Ten-minute. De- you know, I de- do consider myself a film critic, by the way. Well, that, no, I'm <laughs> serious. We should do a, a, a film show. I watched Alphaville the other night. I was like, "This is amazing." Uh, uh, let's do it, man. Yeah, that's the state, right? In Alphaville, yeah, the, computer, yeah, yeah. The, the, the computer, the program, computer, the, the right? talking, the updating Godard. dictionary. Goddard would, yeah, yeah.
2: would be an interesting director for you. Oh, no question, man. Yeah. Uh, bicycle thieves, right? Italian Neorealism. I love it all, uh, but again, I think you can mine culture now. In fact, like cinema, is more important. It, or, let's say it this way, like it is the modern literature, and maybe that's an old like cliche at this point, but I, I think it's still true, so maybe I should have seen Zero Dark. 30. Zero
1: Dark, I thought you'd see. Let's uh, get some comments, answer some viewer comments. Um, so, uh, TZ Prem, Premliz um, says, 58 minutes ago, said, why in the hell do you need 600 rounds? Just tell me why. Who are you shooting 600 bullets at? Um, That is a mirage of bullets. That is like slaughtering. It is insane and inhumane. Go dot 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 dot.
2: So barrage is probably what he meant. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah. but But I like like mirage. Yeah, mirage is good. A mirage mirage. of bullets. Yeah. Etymology. Um, So I think the question is why he he maybe he's asking why do we have 600 rounds in the first place and why should we be allowed to and that's insane to even have that. But uh, the practical answer is we wanted to demonstrate in a very immediate way that you could run literally 600 rounds through this lower and don't just take our word for it, Here it is on video. So it serves that visceral you can see it happen that's a huge leap forward right because you well, were you did 26 rounds and the gun broke up yeah, and then yeah. it cuts to but it's like black this. magic because again the, the low receiver is not a very difficult piece we knew if we just tweaked it in the right way we spent a lot of our time tweaking it and, mm-hmm. and so it seems maybe like it was a harder process than it was and believe me this serves the project you see someone like rachel maddow uh, msnbc going oh look at it not failing i know that this is black magic to some of these progressives but again it's a very simple thing. We just wanted to thicken it and change the curves in the right places. I'm not trying to even undersell what we did. Mm. I just don't think it was that huge of an achievement. Uh, But we wanted to demonstrate that it didn't fail in a literal way. Mm. Um, It is a little bit like gun porn at some point. Yeah. Well, believe me, I know that that gets views. you got that guy... um FPS Russia, yeah. one of the most successful YouTube channels because he just has access to guns that people mm-hmm. like and he shoots, shoots them and he shoots them without apology and he blows yeah. up trucks. And so, I mean, it's just, it's gun porn specifically. Yeah. There is a lot of gun porn in our culture. Yeah. Oh, all action movies. I mean, even yeah. Jim Carrey's right, who just put out this anti-gun video is in, like, Kick-Ass 2, which is nothing but uh, ultraviolence for uh, the under-13s or something. So, yeah, violence seems to be a necessary part of of consuming in this culture. What can I say? Um,
1: SKS2000 says, I don't understand what the big deal is with 3D printed guns. What Cody is doing, people have already been doing for decades, with mills and lathes. Why the
2: sudden uproar now that someone is making guns with 3D printers? I, I think I actually understand the answer to the question, but I'll first comment on why the question was asked. So, yes, this, this is fascinating. I think what, what has happened is there's, there's the maker movement, which is very hyped right now, and very celebrated. And then also, there's this East and West Coast uh, misunderstanding that people were already making guns in machine shops all over the South. And in the That's minute. a misunderstanding. I think so. I, well, you hear someone like Nick, uh, like Nick in the in the documentary, say, "Well, the ATF it changes the conversation when the ATF realizes you can make the piece for yourself." This is totally inaccurate. The ATF knows that people all over the country make gun gun parts for themselves. That's not what my ATF conversation was even about. There's this East Coast misunderstanding that. I don't think they knew that people were making gun parts. And now, so you, right. you add this new technological layer and they all freak out. It's like realization one, that people could make guns and had been doing it. And two, now they can do it in this new, this new technology. But I can't explain the specific, um, fever pitch. This is, this is reached. It, it, but it, it, it is,
1: it must be, um, it is kind of an elite reaction. Because actually, all around the world, they've been making hun- guns out of just sheet metal by hand for you can, years. Like we you can make we an just AK did... out of a shovel. Yeah. Saw it happen. Uh, so it's yeah. But the, it has to like pop into the shiny, uh, much talked about yeah. internet for it to become kind of like
2: it's it's say. some of this internet culture, tech, the tech blogs, and then the East Coast, West Coast literati got a hold of it, and you it just heard that the New York Times jumps in. Right. right. You get this perfect storm, and again, we're willing to be this villainous creation Uh, it just all works together it's this nightmare scenario and suddenly it connects with people in a way that it hadn't before which i'm thankful for uh
1: antonio i'm not gonna say his last name says this guy is full of shit yeah maybe he feeds on the attention a true maniac the two house 400 plus salary defense doesn't work guns are designed to kill or harm houses are not salary is not
2: yeah, we, well, we we talked about the comparison again. It's it's not the best defense of why you should be able to own a gun, but I was just trying to reduce it as a piece of property, and that there are always excuses to take away your property for some reason. Either if your property tends toward victimization or inequality or harassment, uh, these banal ways that legislators use to expropriate us will always be there. And so, I just wanted—it's not a good way of doing it—but I just wanted to make the point that a thirty-round magazine is just a piece of property. Mm-hmm. Anyone can make an excuse to take it away, just like they make excuses for taking anything away. Um, but back to about being a maniac, yeah, probably. And then, you answered that actually before. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and then feeding on uh, you know, uh, fine. But it seems to me it's sour grapes. Uh, obviously, he's against my position, and just getting a few swings in. Last question.
1: I, you know, we've talked a little bit hypothetically, um, but let's have one more hypothetical. A uh, terrorist, a foreign terrorist, not a domestic terrorist, gets a hold. Of some part manufactured via a open source file on the internet, that leads to the death of thousands of people here in the states. How, how, you- how would
2: that even work? I mean.
1: I'm willing to give it to you, just some kind of, let's say we go from 3D printing of guns to 3D printing of, you know, nuclear detonators or something. Uh, I'm just uh, saying, if if you 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 talk about um, the materials getting better and the
2: processes getting better, let's say they get really fucking good and they get get to be... uh, I don't think you're going to pop out fast-breed plutonium reactors anytime soon, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Maybe someone can... um, I just don't... One, I just don't think it's realistic just spending this time in the technology like we have. Just don't, there are just chemical elemental limitations on making explosives, radioactive things. But let's give it to you. What if someone does a lot of harm with an open source file? That comes from your site. Yeah. 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 Uh, one question, maybe this is because of some of the legal studies. The first thing I think of is liability. What's our liability because of this licensing regime? Is this enough to take us down? Does this mean we should pursue protection from but ex- other jurisdictions outside of the legalities? Like, yeah. how, how do you feel? Like, I'm just breaking it down for you. So it's not happened yet, so I can't know exactly how I'd feel. I'm, I'm sure that there'd be some sympathy, or, or each each situation like this has its own particularities and, and details that drive how you'd feel about it. So maybe I, I'm sure it would feel bad, but I accept that. I accept that something like that might happen. I really do, I just accept that it, it would. I mean, that's how, that's how a gun works. I don't think a lot of people went up to Samuel Colt and said, well, you know, someone might shoot somebody with one of these, it's assumed.
1: Just because I'm trying to understand you a lot better, would you be willing to say that yes, you accept that something like that might happen, but that you would
2: uh, mourn the loss of life? I think, I think that's fair, but just, does it sound... Just life I'm not itself. sure if it sounds authentic to say, well, I would mourn the loss of life. I, I want to be as authentic as possible about it in my reaction, so I'm willing to withhold judgment almost completely. I don't know how I would react, but I think I would react humanely. But is there not like some, you know, humanist sort There's of... There's no justification for, for stopping what we would do. Though. I'm, like I'm just trying to stay get, up I'm
1: just trying sure. to get your, your reaction to the loss of human life yeah.
2: as a yeah. concept... You know, if I could, just a sidebar then, so we've we've had this conversation, and this happens quite a bit, and it always confuses me. It's like I've violated some pact, some neoliberal pact, and uh, why, why aren't these conversations happening with arms manufacturers or in fact, the Department of Justice or DOD, who we know, just give these guns away to rebel groups all over the world, and real guns, real guns that do real harm and actually work and could be in service for a hundred years. And instead it's like, well, what are you, Mr. Tinker? Why do you want to hurt the world? It just seems to me to be a distraction and almost to the point of a diversion. From why I'm uh, trying to get you to say that
1: you don't want people to die (laughs) and that ultimately change would be better if people didn't die.
2: Yeah, this is of course true, but it's not going to stop. I don't want people to die. Why would I want people to die? I'm not trying to, it's not even a Leninist, well, you gotta break some eggs. Uh, That's not my attitude about it. But the files will be up because I believe in access and this, is, this makes me self-conscious, because is it really that important? Are people really, anytime soon, going to be printing these printable guns and using them to effect? Uh, and I don't, I don't know.
1: know. Probably not, but the fact that you made a distinction between you and uh, uh, Leninism
2: is, I think, worthwhile.
1: <laughs> is it for people to know? Okay, sure, sure. It's worthwhile for me to
2: know, well, that's for sure. Well, there's this attitude, right? That, well, and look, I respect Lenin and, and his place in history, but you know, that's a callous attitude. and uh, I don't have it. I really don't but if i seem if i seem colder it's just because i it's a it's principle and why should my principles change because some factor upstream changes it's not how principle works it's, it's I, not how i think it works i think uh i think i'm satisfied
0: <laughs> with this interview
1: <laughs> and uh uh yeah i know it was good talking to you yeah it yeah was fun. yeah
2: i enjoyed it very much thanks for, thanks yeah. for coming
0: by